Welcome to episode three of Black Woman Red State, the podcast for black women considering campaigning in red states. Talk about the campaign process. The podcast that gives you a little insight into policy, turning ideas into laws. And the podcast, if you're a black woman in a red state or know and love one, about how to manufacture a really good social life when non-traditional, shall we say, opportunities don't present themselves. So, welcome to episode three. Episode three is about the rubber chicken circuit. Now, I will define the rubber chicken circuit because I will not assume that everyone that has an interest in this podcast knows what it means in the context of a political campaign or in the political world. In short, I would define the rubber chicken circuit as a series of mandatory gatherings that people in general might consider real social gatherings, but you as a candidate or someone that is politically astute and interested in having your fingers on the pulse, recognize it as perhaps another flaming hoop to jump through on the road to reaching your goals. In the case of our conversation, it's a goal of getting elected to office. So that is how I would define the rubber chicken circuit. Uh, Those of you who are, as I am, interested in show business, uh, particular Broadway and the stage and the legitimate stage, We may also know that a rubber chicken was really a thing in the theater, perhaps not in the fancier venues, but the a rubber chicken as a joke. I think there's even some physical comedy around rubber chickens. That is not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the rubber chicken circuit, what it means to your campaign, why it's necessary, and perhaps some hacks, as we say in the current popular parlance, some hacks to making the most out of your rubber chicken circuit. So thank you very much for joining today. First of all, now that we've gotten that definition out of the way, let's talk about the necessity of the rubber chicken circuit. By the time you would have identified yourself as a serious candidate for elected office, you've probably done some self-assessment. 
And in your self-assessment, you're thinking, well, I might not be really intrinsically an extrovert or professional person when it comes to working the room or introducing myself to strangers. You might have really come to that conclusion. And what I will say to you now that you're going to have to pretend to be that person because going out on the rubber rubber chicken circuit or the cocktail party circuit or the special event circuits, particularly uh, fundraising events aimed at raising money for political parties or for causes that are closely tied to political philosophies. It's something that one has to do in order to be considered a serious candidate. Uh, And when I say serious candidate, it means not just a nice person who maybe just may, may reach all of the expressed categories for being eligible for the spot, but the kind of candidate that can win a race and really be competitive in a race. It is a necessity. What kinds of events? I've said before, political events around here, there is a dinner called the Jefferson Jackson dinner. And there is one of those in every single state. There is a county political dinner. There is a lunch around women's issues in the county in which I reside. It's named the Eleanor Roosevelt Luncheon. And they focus on the audience of women. So if you're running as a woman in this county, on my particular political party, you behoove you to show up at this event. There are events like I went to the other night with some friends, and I've made a lot of good friends along the way in the last couple of decades of being involved in politics here in Nebraska. One of my friends who previously represented this area in the United States Congress was honored by the local press club and I attended with a close friend of mine and of course saw other people that I'd known for a long time within the context of politics and also out in the world in the world where I worked in public relations or the world of education a lot of people though understandably from law firms from lobbying firms people who were elected officials there were some judges there and it was a good crowd and this would be the kind of event that one would if one had it in their budget and around here I think you can raise up to five thousand dollars without really filing the paperwork toward a campaign So if you had a little money set aside and you wanted to position yourself, that would have been a good event. It wasn't just open to to members of this club. A good event at which to show up and introduce yourself around or even better, have a supporter of yours 
introduce you to key people who might be in attendance. Again, that's an example of the kind of event. It was a cocktail hour or drinks hour followed by a dinner and a roast. A perfect opportunity if you're running to go to one of those kinds of events and be visible within this context. It also didn't hurt if you, it wouldn't hurt if you were a candidate or a potential candidate to show up at something like this because, as I mentioned earlier, it was at the press club. So there were members of the working media in attendance who, when your name comes up, they might have met you or heard your name or knew somebody who knew you and that might help you as you move forward in your campaign experience. So they're necessary. I will tell you this much. Uh, many people imagine that being in politics is, is glamorous, rather like being a, a movie star or a stage actor, but I'm sure movie stars and stage actors might tell you that there are other less glamorous parts of the business and perhaps our perception of a red carpet in the in the case of uh, a movie actor or, or a dinner, a thousand dollar a plate dinner or a, a dinner with a famous speaker sounds very glamorous compared to uh, the kinds of careers where these kinds of events aren't part of it and where they quite frankly are not necessary. Uh, in my experience, I would consider my political career to have started, ooh, this ages me, but I would consider my political career to have started in New York in 1989. So here we are in 2017, and I can do arithmetic, so that's 28 years. It would be the rare rubber chicken event, dinner, or cocktail party, or boat ride, or whatever the event was, where the food was actually anything to write home about. So just take that right off your list. I've known people who actually don't eat at the events. I typically do. I typically do and did because, well, I'm hungry because I've been too busy doing other things all day, especially once you get elected or once you're campaigning, to make eating a priority. But that's a subject for another podcast. Uh, so the food itself is nothing to write home about. I think that's why it gets the uh, moniker of rubber chicken. It's not food that's been lovingly prepared uh, for you in particular. It is just food that is made available through a very hardworking catering staff and of course, it's got to be all ready to get out to the tables and off of the tables within within a certain amount of time. So that in and of itself is not going to provide an environment for a very yummy meal served at any appropriate temperature. Also, you will remember that these events are typically fundraising opportunities. So the meal that is put before you if, you're, if a, there's a good fundraising committee, of course, they're not going to put a very expensive meal in front of you 
and then lose that margin of how much you paid for the ticket. No, the idea is for them to pay the venue, pay for the food, pay what pay a speaker perhaps, and end up with some money in the coffers. So that's another reason why the food is not the star at a rubber chicken dinner. But as I said, it is necessary. Another reason why the food is not the star, especially for you, potential candidate, black woman in a red state, it this is your opportunity to put your best foot forward. So having food in your mouth or having both hands full when you're introduced to someone is not the way to go. If you've not done it a lot and if you don't know a lot of people, you might be nervous no matter how confident you are. This is this is a group of people that you hope to impress. So you might be nervous about it. So uh, there's a rule of thumb that you don't, if you have to have something in your hands, you make your own call about whether or not there is a drink, an alcoholic beverage in your hand, if you're just meeting people. I would I would err, err on the side of not having a drink just because you might be nervous and you might drink a little bit too much and then say something that these people don't know you, so they don't know what that you don't really mean that. So perhaps a club soda or a ginger ale or a water so your mouth doesn't get too dry as you're introducing yourself around or being introduced around. You will want to have a hand free to extend once you're introduced. The way I've done it is to place, I am right-handed, so when you come in the event, in all likelihood, you will be offered a name tag, either one that's filled out with your reservation or one that you would fill out and pray to God that they will have a Sharpie or some thick magic marker type of writing instrument and not just a regular old pen because you want people to know your name and you want them to be able to see it on your name tag. So I would put my name tag over on my right side because as I am extending my right hand, the eye of the person that I am meeting. And guess what? As you have more birthdays, even if you know somebody, you still might need that person's name to be triggered in your mind. Extend your right hand or extend your hand and shake it and then introduce yourself with both names and by now maybe you've come up with what is called an elevator introduction it's called an elevator introduction because you should be able to walk onto an elevator and introduce yourself and what you're about and what your mission in life is within the time limits of an elevator ride so I would say, hello, my name is Tanya Cook. I am running for state legislature in Legislative District 13. It's very nice to meet you. When you're running for office, you've already identified the office. It makes it easier. Let's say I hadn't decided. I would say, I'm considering a run for B2 
be very specific about what you're running for because if you're putting yourself into position where you're meeting people who are going to be talking about candidates for those offices you want to make certain you've identified what that office is so I had this conversation a couple of a conversation a couple of years ago about where to place the name tag for the visual for the other person I stuck with the right side the other person said they were taught the left side so just try it in the mirror or try it with a close friend and see how that works so that's you're there to not eat the food because it's mediocre food in all likelihood even at a fancy event in someone's personal home you are there to uh, if you don't know the group if you're feeling a little nervous I would suggest leaving the alcohol alone entirely and going but having something in your hand you know to keep your hands kind of busy when you're not working the room and the third thing go ahead and test out which side your name tag I, like I said I put I would put it on my right side and extend my right hand but I've heard some people who do it the other way so they're very necessary remember it's not a real dinner in fact when I was serving in elected office and when I was really really busy campaigning I used to offer a not so subtle hint that boy wouldn't it be great if I came over to your house palo mine and had dinner around the family table with you and those are the best most delicious dinners even if the cook is not that good it's just nice to relax and have a normal conversation or as normal a conversation as somebody interested in politics and policy can have so I've offered already a couple of hacks without calling them hacks. Here's another one that I learned. I was on a trip, boy, it, it is already almost 14 years ago. Sorry, I take that back, almost 12 years ago to South America. And this was a group of people, some of them were elected officials, some of them, I was a staffer at the time, a staff to our state's governor's office. There were people who were experts within federal agencies. And one gentleman who was a lobbyist made up a group of people. And uh, one woman was a vice mayor. We're still in contact. So she and the rest of us went to Argentina and Uruguay and met different elected officials, judges, experts in economy, the uh, histories of the countries and the states and provinces within those countries. And we learned about uh, the diplomatic environment, the history of those countries. And what I learned from two women that were that they were each elected officials at the time serving in their state legislatures I learned a hack from them now this is from their perspective as people who are already elected but as an elected official you receive lots of invitations 
lots of times you have had a very busy day you'd rather not go but it's necessary to keep up relationships and to keep be part of the conversations that happen outside of the state capitol in this case their hack was to go early so let's say it's a reception put on by the lemon association and they typically are hosted very near the capitol building because they in this case want state legislators to come and so you would go if it said the invitation was from 5 to 7 or 5 30 to 7 30 you would be one of the among the first people in the door another hack that they offered this was before the word hack was used but i'm applying it here another hack that they offered is that you go in and you might eat a couple of the hors d'oeuvres but do not get a drink and you know the reason why they said not to get a drink not because of being able to hold your liquor or or saying something silly they said you want to be able to come in touch the people that are hosting it so that they know that you came who knows maybe this is somebody who can provide you with a check for your next campaign or say a kind word about your bill proposal you walk in you touch the people that you had identified as the people that you wanted to touch but don't take a drink because then you have to figure out a place to leave the glass and even if it is not a real glass, you have to look for a receptacle for a plastic glass or a plastic cup. So that was their hack, and I have used it, and it is very useful. That get in, do the business that you meant to do, and leave because you're not there remember this is not a social occasion you're not there to celebrate anybody's golden wedding anniversary or um, mile marker birthday this is for you to really continue your business day so that is another hack uh, the Broadway show swipping, switching topics very quickly here this is a podcast of course about being a black woman in a red state uh, as a candidate and getting laws passed but it's also because of my own personal interest intersects the artistic world in my case the world of the broadway musical for this episode i sort of hemmed and hawed about which song I would use to introduce this topic. And while I have positive images of people who put themselves out there to serve their fellow citizens for their love of this country, there's not a whole bunch of money, like people say, people who seek out offices oftentimes have careers that they're leaving and families that they're leaving so when I chose the song 
sidestep from Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, I thought, oh shoot, the words to the song kind of are negative. If you know the show at all, it is a song that the Texas governor sings as he is avoiding the press. And if you've seen the movie, it's it's a wonderful Charles Durning disappearing behind pillars and disappearing out of doors and reappearing miles away. So I am going to stick with Sidestep because you know what? Whether it is the Charles Durning Texas governor character or I'll have to look up who played the original uh, governor on Broadway. But it press conferences having statements to the press are a necessity for someone who is an elected official. The rubber chicken circuit is a necessity for a serious candidate for office, and it is a necessity for someone who is elected. So that's why we have this song, Sidestep, from the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Uh, With that, I will leave you to practice your name tag and handshaking in the mirror. And thank you for listening to another episode of Black Woman Red State. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ooh, I love to dance the little sidestep. Now they see me, now they don't. I've come and gone. And ooh, I love to sweep around wide step. Cut a little swath and leave the people.